Only two events have ever been classified at the highest possible level of nuclear accidents, Chernobyl and Fukushima. Now, Japan is preparing to release 1.3 million tonnes of treated wastewater. That's around 500 Olympic-sized pools from the nuclear plant into the sea, which it says is safe. But those on the front line, residents, fishers and Pacific Islands, fear for their future. And environmentalists and scientists don't think it stacks up. Sean Burney is a senior nuclear specialist at Greenpeace East Asia and joins us this morning. Sean, welcome. Good morning. Japan is hoping to release this treated wastewater in the coming months. Briefly, can you explain what that plan involves? So this is water that's currently stored in over a thousand steel tanks on the Fukushima Daiichi site uh, north of Tokyo. Uh, And over the last year, they've constructed uh, a subseabed pipeline, which will take the water when it's mixed and diluted with seawater. And then they will pump this water out. It's about a kilometre off the, the coast of Fukushima. And this plan is supposed to take 30 years. Uh, with a certain amount being allowed to be discharged on every year. Uh, The problem is uh, none of this stacks up. Uh, The science doesn't stack up. The actual plans don't uh, have not been analysed properly by the Japanese government. And the discharges themselves are almost certainly going to go on through the rest of the century and beyond. You don't think the plan stacks up at all, and you know you're not you're not the only one. Why is it so dangerous in your view? What what's the evidence that mm. it's a dangerous plan? Well, this originally this problem is created by the meltdown in 2011, as you mentioned, and ever since then, Greenpeace, together with other scientists, civil society in Japan, have been challenging the Japanese government over their management of the site, including the contaminated water. They have not got this situation under control. And so only in the last 12 months, the amount of radioactive water that's built up on the site has gone up by 40,000 tonnes. They haven't successfully processed the majority of that water. About 80% of that contaminated water in the tanks still has to be processed to try and remove some of the dangerous radioactive materials like strontium and plutonium. They haven't succeeded in doing that. And yet they've said we've done an assessment and this is safe to proceed when, in fact, they don't actually know what's in the tanks. About 20, 25 percent of the tanks have actually been measured. Um, The science on what happens to the radioactivity when it's discharged into the marine environment has been fundamentally flawed. Uh, They've ignored what's already in the environment from the disaster and what still continues to come into the Pacific Ocean every year from the mountains and forests by the rivers and into the estuaries. So it's not just Greenpeace. Uh, Only in the last couple of months, over 100 marine laboratories in the United States, which includes the most prestigious oceanographic institutes in the world at Scripps and at uh, the NOAA, as well as um, the Woods Hole Institution, those scientists have basically said the Japanese government has not done the science on this and they are opposed to the discharges as a result. So there's huge uncertainties about what's actually going to happen. And the situation in, you know, in 2023, when the world's oceans are facing such catastrophic threats from climate change, over resource extraction, fisheries, we're talking about a government making a deliberate decision 
to dump and discharge nuclear waste into the marine environment. It's really quite outrageous. So is there a better credible alternative? Mm. Well, the myth that Japanese government has communicated to the people of Japan and internationally is that there is no alternative. They're running out of storage space and something has to be done. Uh, That, of course, is not the reality. Uh, And for years, we've presented evidence to the Japanese government, which they've ignored, which is that the site itself at Fukushima Daiichi has storage space. The area around the plant uh, is a nuclear disaster zone in the two communities of Okuma and Futaba. They have storage site for 16 million tonnes of contaminated soil, which they've been trucking in to the site over the last five, six years. So this is a complete nonsense that they don't have storage capacity. What it's actually about is trying to communicate that they've solved one of the problems from Fukushima, the nuclear disaster, and that they're making progress. Uh, in actual fact, they really haven't solved anything at the Fukushima Daiichi disaster, and it's, and it's ongoing. The Pacific Islands Forum have taken a really strong stance against this, and you mentioned, you know, all the other sort of groups and layers which have said that this isn't a good idea. What position are the Pacific Islands Forum coming from? Well, of course, you will know and your your listeners will know far better than I the history of nuclear testing in the Pacific from the United Kingdom, the United States, from France, but also nuclear transports, uh, including to Japan, uh, and also, as well as nuclear waste dumping that plans were from the 1940s that the United States was dumping nuclear waste in the Pacific. As, early, as late as the late 90s, uh, Russia was hoping to dump nuclear waste, which the Japanese government opposed. So uh, the Pacific Island nations are coming from uh, a perspective of we are already victims of the nuclear age. We're still dealing with those legacies, for example, in the Marshall Islands, uh, where the the contamination remains. Um, And so they're basically saying, how is it that having suffered 70 years from the nuclear industry, from nuclear weapons, we're now faced with yet another decision? And the, the, the really significant part of this is the Japanese government doesn't have to do this. The water is currently stored in tanks. Yes, there are risks. Japan suffers a lot of earthquakes, but they can make them as robust as possible. There's no no risk in any of this because this is about a nuclear disaster that is not contained. But the Pacific Islands are deeply, deeply concerned. They're looking at it from the perspective of science. They've appointed the scientific panel that's done an excellent job. Uh, they're also looking at the point of view from legality. The, the, the legal issues around this are very clear. Japan is obligated to, to comply with international maritime law, including the UN Convention for Law of the Sea. They're not doing that. They're also looking at it from uh, an economic and environmental perspective. This is their ocean. This is the island's ocean. The Pacific nations depend on the marine environment, some of the most impoverished nations in the Asia-Pacific region. And yet, currently their views are being ignored by the Japanese government. Mm. So you just mentioned the law and uh, listeners are asking, it's an obvious question, can an international court step in? What can happen to, to actually halt the plan? Mm. Well, there's there's several legal routes. One is domestic in Japan. Uh, and the many, many lawyers that I've worked with over the decades in Japan that have filed lawsuits against the industry, against the government, and many of those lawsuits have actually been successful, although also many of them fail. 
there's a legal angle in Japan. Uh, an administrative lawsuit would probably be the most logical to basically put an injunction on these operations. Uh, at an international level, the, the principal legal route would be, as I mentioned earlier, the UN Convention for the Law of the Sea. Various articles of that convention, which Japan is, is, an obligate, is obligated to comply with, requires, for example, a comprehensive environmental impact assessment. Japan has not done that. It requires consultation. If there is a risk of so-called transboundary pollution, in other words, where radioactive materials move from one country's jurisdiction into international waters and potentially other countries' jurisdictional waters, uh, Japan is absolutely required to assess and avoid that pollution where possible. And that's exactly what Japan could do if it chose to do so. In other words, the legal basis for, for challenging Japan, we believe, is very strong. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Sean Burney is a senior nuclear specialist at Greenpeace East Asia. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.